Welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast with your host, James Woodham, giving you the best tips on achieving the perfect renovation whilst making it as fun, safe, and as cost-effective as possible by hearing from experts in the industry and people that have been through the experience themselves. Let me introduce your host, three times award winner of leading renovation website, House, and over 15 years in the industry, renovating just over 200 properties, James Woodham. Okay, so today I've got Des on the Property Renovation uh, Podcast. So um, Des is a decorator, and uh, I think I thought it would be a good idea to get him on. So Des, welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast. I'm glad to have Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I'll just get jump into the questions, really. Um, yeah. What, what got you into this industry, and why why do you love it so much? Well, basically, uh, as a young uh, young lad, I just finished my GCSEs. I come from a small town in the uh, in the Lake District, and uh, I was at a bit of a loose end. And a local decorator in the town asked me if I'd uh, give him a hand for a few days. So I. I went along somewhat reluctantly and uh, and I spent the next five days stripping wallpaper, sanding walls down, uh, all the horrible jobs that are associated with our work. Yeah. And uh, and uh, after five days, I, I just about had enough, but he asked me to stay on another another week or so. So uh, desperate for money, I, I carried on. And... Um, I saw the complete and utter transformation from stripping the uh, this room and sanding it and washing down, mm. and, and I, I saw the complete transformation of the room after it had been uh, decorated and wallpapered, etc. And I was just absolutely astounded. I, it was I was amazed, and I thought, yeah, this is this is the way I'd like to go, and uh, and that's how I became a decorator. You know, I did a proper apprenticeship and and uh, i was hooked from that day on really yeah 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 <laughs> that's good man and um living in the lake district i'm sure that was that was nice as well yeah yeah oh, it's a fantastic part of the world beautiful part of the world trouble is it's always raining you know it's a, yeah. always, uh <laughs> unfortunately for me the guy I, I worked for traveled all over um all over the uk so that was a huge plus as well, getting to see other parts of the country, predominantly down south. But that yeah. was a, a huge uh, attraction to a young man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just going back to your answer about the uh, the job that you was on, then. I mean, the key, I, I would probably say that the key part to any decorating is the preparation at the yes. beginning and making sure that um, if you are removing wallpaper, all, all the tedious tasks are done. Sure. Um, sure. Very efficiently. Um, sure. What you would you would agree with that? I'm I'm assuming. I, I would say that uh, eight, 85% of uh, all decorating work is actually in the uh, preparation. For uh, for example, a mistake that uh, people make is mm. when they strip wallpaper, they think that's it. But, of course, um, old wallpaper leaves a, a residue of the old ad ad adhesives. Mm. And uh, if you put wallpaper, new wallpaper or paint over the top of that, they can – can react with further coatings or wallpaper and then you've got a massive problem so what people don't realize is when you when you strip a room down it must those walls and ceilings must be sterile they must be sterile right you know they must be clean spotless how, how do you go about that i mean i've, I've heard of sugar soap i, I guess that's um yeah, yeah well no what the process is you 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 strip the wallpaper whilst it's still wet 
you put red hot water on with a perhaps some sugar soap in mm-hmm. uh, whilst it's still still wet because it's still active and then basically you scrub it with a with an old four inch paintbrush and uh, ah, right. every every bit of it and and then you scrape all the gunge off mm. until it's until it's spotless basically yeah, yeah. have you do you, would you say um that you've gone into a place where people have tried to do shortcuts and it's right, really plain obvious that that's happening. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You see, you see that all, all, all the time, you know, yeah. uh, you, you'll go to, into someone's, uh, into someone's house and they'll say, well, we've already prepared it for you. Uh, uh Mr. Cass, you know, it's all, it's all been prepared for you. <laughs> you more or less got to start again, you, you know, because of their shortcuts and, uh, Mm. Uh, things like filling woodwork with polyfiller and uh, and stuff like that. You just you just don't do things like that. Polyfillers for wall surfaces. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess like some other trades as well. It's probably best that they don't do nothing at all. Really. Um, it, just, it, yeah. 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 A- absolutely. Leave it to the uh, professional. Yeah. Who uh, who knows what he's doing? Who knows the correct? Uh, I mean. I, I, what what essentially DIYers and and people do are they they cover up mistakes mm. and uh, and you can't always see them so uh, they can uh, they can pop up again later on in the job you know and cause all sorts of problems yeah so leave, leave it to the leave it to the pros and, uh, and and leave it in its natural raw state yeah um, for them to deal with yeah okay okay. Um, I know that we were talking about before this interview, but um, you were telling me a favourite part of uh, the decorating that you like to do. Could you just um, share that with us again? Yes. Well, with decorate, in decorate, the field of decorating, trends change. Mm. Um, So, for example, I used to love uh, uh, fake marble, hand-painted kitchens with uh, paint effects on and Mm. uh, faux finishes, basically. Yeah. We've gone from ninety percent of our work in that particular field to uh, back to uh, normal decorating, and and nowadays the trend, of course, is wallpaper. Wallpaper is the huge, uh, uh, huge influx on on the world of decor at the moment, uh, be it feature walls or entire uh, houses. It's uh, fascinating. It's a fascinating subject. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice. I, I actually uh, followed the trends, and I can see that that's. That has come back quite a lot, actually. I think there's some some amazing um, patterns out there that, that that you can get as well. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the world of wallpaper is is fascinating in itself, and uh, you, you know, we put wallpaper on that can cost sort of five pounds a roll uh, uh, up to uh, well, a recent one we did, which was a hand painted uh, silk mm. that with a with a painting on. Um, on a uh, on one wall in a room, um, and, it, and it was uh, just under fifteen thousand pounds. It had been in, imported from uh, uh, from China. As mm. I say, it did have a it did have a hand painted print on there, but mm. uh, it came in three pieces. And uh, when we put it up, it was a scene with the Chinese uh, uh, people in in uh, paddy fields. Okay. And uh, when we put it up, the painter had missed off a few uh, a few items, like one of the uh, one of the chaps in the paddy field, his leg was missing. So um, and uh, <laughs> and and there was a there was a chicken, a headless chicken. And so it, it, it then came down to expertise to uh, – I actually painted it onto the uh, – No way. Yeah, yeah. I had to uh, 
get my Cumberland pencils and watercolours out, and I, I thought I did a good job, actually, but considering he paid £15,000 for it, it was quite amusing. Yeah. Oh, what a story. That's nice. Mm. Um, yeah. Has there been, like, any job that you've you've done and you've gone like you've been in the middle of it and thought this is this is not what I signed up to do you know like I um this is not yeah. my thing but yeah, you can't really yeah. say nothing can you yeah you you, you can't really say anything within <laughs> reason I mean I I I, uh, I studied interior design so I've got a real eye for this thing but mm. uh, you you would be astounded at some of the color schemes uh, over the years but I just. Just thinking back uh, uh, a few years ago, I, we were asked to do – this was a gentleman I'd worked for on numerous occasions, and he had, um, he had strange tastes. Hmm. But he'd asked me to go and do his, um, his office. He's, he had an office in the house, and he asked me if we'd go and decorate it. And he, one of the strange things was he, he sent me this, uh, this letter saying that he'd already uh, got all the ne- necessary um, – equipment to uh, to decorate this room so we turned up and uh to only to be presented with a uh, a pile of uh old times newspapers mm-hmm. and um and five rolls of aluminium foil uh the stuff you wrap turkeys in <laughs> Christmas. and uh, uh basically the job was to prepare the room and uh, paper the ceiling with the uh, the the, uh, the foil, the Baco foil, the aluminium mm. foil. Paper the ceiling with this foil, which was a nightmare. Then we had to um, select uh, various pages from these uh, old times, anything of interest, uh, which he left up to us. And, yeah. uh, and we papered the walls uh, with the old times, and then mixed up a a clear glaze with with some uh, some raw umber in or uh, to make up a dirty varnish and right. the, varnish, the whole lot um and all the time we were doing this uh, me and my uh, apprentice were just well we couldn't believe what we were doing but at the end it looked absolutely fantastic crazy yeah yeah so it's, it's amazing. So you, you, at the finished result, at the end of that, you just you look yeah. back and you can see, it. yeah, amazing. Yeah, you could see, you could see what he, he was aiming for. It, it, it looked absolutely tremendous. But as I say, when you're presented with a few yeah. old newspapers, a, yeah. a few rolls of turkey foil, uh, you think, what the hell am I doing here? Yeah, I guess I guess yeah. that's what's in, like with interior design. There is no um, one way of doing things, and I think that. Um, uh, to not know what's what is going on in someone else's mind, and then yeah. to actually start doing it for them to create yeah. something quite beautiful is is uh, is another thing itself. Yeah, it's, it, it's exciting. It's yeah. exciting. It's why I do. You know, I do what I do all these years. It's it's uh, it's exciting. You never know what you're going to get. What, what yeah. you're going to get every. Uh, even though you may have looked at something before and every surface is different, requires different treatments. Um, you know, every piece of wood is different. Every piece of plaster requires different. It may need, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's endless. So it, you have to have a, an incredible knowledge really to, uh, to progress in, in the world of decor. Yeah. There's a lot more to it than meets the eye. People, people think you just turn up with a paintbrush and a tin of paint, but, uh, for every room that I do, we we calculated you you need to have on board at least a minimum of sixty different items. Yeah. Before you start, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
just to go off topic, I mean, the, the reason why we do this podcast is because we want to highlight um, the, those differences, exactly what you just said. People do think that decorators or do you turn up with a paintbrush, but there really isn't that. And I think hearing it in a different format, different way like this, hopefully yes. that people will, will understand more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. Um, if someone wanted to hire a decorator um, okay. uh, for, for their home, what, I mean, they're going to be getting loads and loads of calls and sure. what should, sure. what should they actually be looking for and what questions should they be asking? Okay, well, it's a lot. It's a lot easier than you you think. There are lots of, uh, for example, there are lots of trade bodies out there mm. which deal with a specific trade. Okay, so for example, the uh, uh, for, if you wanted to choose a decorator, probably your first port of call would be the Painting and Decorating Association. Mm-hmm. Um, who have a list of decorators who have a code of conduct that they must stick to. They have to serve a, a proper apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. They must be they must be qualified. Mm-hmm. And and another really important factor is the the the, the client before engaging a decorator or a tradesperson mm. uh, must check their insurance. Yeah. If they're, if they're not insured, then. Uh, and they spill um, paint all over your gold, uh, your gold table, mm. or, or your um, your sheepskin carpet. Who's going to pay for it? Mm. Uh, you know. So it's important you you ask the correct question. One of those questions is: Are you insured? Can I see your policy? Um, so that's a good start. Another <laughs> another tip in the world of decor is the correct um, the correct way. To, to estimate for a job is to uh, to measure the room because every decorator should have a set of rates for each surface. Okay, so if he's wallpapering, you've got a set of rates for wallpapering per square meter. Um, if they're painting skirting boards and windows and that, they will have a, uh, a set of rates to work out how much it's going to cost uh, per square meter. Okay. And, and so if they come in and they don't measure, say they, they were going to redecorate your kitchen and they don't, and it's a big kitchen they, and they don't measure it, how on earth are they going to know how much the materials are going to cost, how much the materials they're going to need mm. uh, and how long it takes? It's not rocket science. No. And, and nowadays, you know, a tin of paint can be anything from sort of 40 pounds up to 150 pounds you can pay a vast amount of money for 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 some of these designer paints yeah and um and so if they're two or three if let's say they're two tins short of what they uh guesstimated who's going to pay for that they're going to come to you and ask you for the extra money for the paint so it's a, it's it's dead simple if they measure if they're um part of an uh, you know a uh, a trade body, hmm. um, you know, and carry out due diligence. Most uh, respectable professionals will have their own website, yeah. or they, they will be part of something called, uh, for example, uh, Checker Trade. Mm-hmm. And you you can look on those sites and look at the referrals, phone them up, and if you found someone, ask them if they can speak to some of their customers. It's 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 you just carry out due diligence, yeah. Before. Yeah. 
um, just going back to what you were saying, that uh, they it, it's right. They could be in the middle of a job, run out of paint, and then um, yep. not only is it the customer's uh, responsibility or, you know, you find yourself in that difficult situation, um, but it's also on the time constraint because if the client has said, I've got a week to do this job, and then they they run out of paint and it needs to be ordered or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. then you find yourself in a whole heap of problems because the job overruns as well. So uh, Absolutely. Mm. I, I mean, if you've got to uh, order materials, uh, 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 unless you pay a fortune, uh, you, you, it's going to be uh, next day delivery. Yeah. So what are the, you know, they're, they're held up on the job, aren't they? Yeah. Or, or, or indeed, what, what, what generally happens is the decorator leaves the job mm. uh, to, to go to his nearest supplier. And, um, you know, you've then lost a couple of hours there, haven't you? It, yeah. it's, it's, all, it's all relevant. Uh, so a decorator needs to be prepared before he turns up. You know, he needs to ask all the right questions so the customer uh, will know that he's addressing everything before he comes. It's no good just saying, look, you know, it'll cost you uh, a £1,000 to do your, your living room. And then he walks out. He doesn't ask, you know. Uh, it's, it's things like he informs the client what time they're going to start in the morning, what time they finish, yeah. what time they have their breaks. Um can we use the toilet facilities? Mm. Is it, you know, things like this. These things are important. You're in people's houses. It's absolutely essential you fit in with them, not they fit in with you. Mm. You've got to be as, as, as you know, basically you haven't got to be such a massive inconvenience yeah. uh, to, to the customer. Yeah. Okay. I guess that bounces on to the next question, actually. But um, what make what makes a good decorator? Would you say? Because you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are lots of uh, factors. Um, but what makes a good decorator? Well, I guess really they've got to be meticulous in their preparation. Hmm. They've got to be a really good salesperson as well. Yeah. They've got to know what they're doing. They've got to know all their substances, uh, materials. They've got to understand different paints for different jobs, different primers. They've really got to have a thorough knowledge, first of all. But then the most important thing is is uh, covering everything up, making sure that the, the household is uh, completely protected. Um, they've just got to be meticulous with preparation. Preparation's the key to a good a good decorator and you can generally tell um when when someone comes for the estimate be, falls back on this this thing when they mm. first come to meet you you you'll get a, a general impression and if they're asking all the the correct questions then but they they've got the, also the dec- but basically the decorator's in competition he's got to sell himself as well so he's got to understand um how it all works, you know, he's got a, for example, a good decorator, I would say nowadays, has to have a decent website, Yeah. first and foremost. Um, they, they're on that website, they've got to portray their work, they've got to have recommendations, and this all builds to a, 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 quality, uh, a quality professional. Mm. Yeah. I always think if someone comes to your house as a tradesman, especially as a decorator, I think, if they ask, uh, you know, to take off the, should I take off my shoes? You know, and a bit, a bit of exactly. courtesy. I think yep. from from that point, you know, you're right. If they storm in, 
and they and they don't take their shoes off, then you're kind of like on on a on a curve to not a good one. I think it's always, oh oh yeah. oh yeah. Appearances uh, appearances everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for example, I will um, so say I'm going to look at somebody's uh, someone's uh, house. Mm. Um, I will. Uh, the, the other, another thing is this is this is quite interesting because we're very heavily vetted, uh, and this one of the questions they, they get about ten questions on every job that we do, okay. and one of the questions is um, they ask the client. They, these are questions for the client after you finish the job, mm. and one of the questions you are judged on is was was he punctual? Were they punctual? Mm. And. Uh, and astonishingly, you can do the worst job in the world, but if you're on time, they will give you good marks. So punctuality to some people is absolutely essential. So you've got to, you, you can't lie in bed, you, you, you know, you've got to get up early in the morning, you've got to be there on time. Mm. Punctuality is a, a, a really important thing, really. and it's no good. You know, going to someone's house, doing a couple of hours, right, and then nipping off and doing another couple of hours elsewhere. You have, you're an inconvenience to that household. You have to complete the job uh, within your time scale. Yeah, that, that's important. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, what do you think uh, a homeowner needs to consider uh, before their wallpaper in their house? So they they want to spend loads of money. Um, yeah, you know, and they want a wallpaper. Do something new. What should they be considering? Okay, I think with wallpaper, what most people, what a lot of people, not 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 all, what a lot of people don't consider is how that wallpaper is going to look in in a certain area. Okay. So by that, what I mean is. Um, uh, I mean, you get some hideous wall coverings. Uh, I mean, absolutely hideous. But what the people don't consider, they will get a little square or see a little square in a book and they will think, oh, that'll look good in that room. And then when you put it on, it, it, it might have a massive pattern, flowered pattern, mm. and uh, and you start putting this paper on and it's bigger than what they think. It closes the room in. It uh, it makes the room look smaller, the colours overpowering. Um, so the, the the most important thing initially is to make sure that paper's not overpowering or or the pattern's not too busy or it's not going to. You need to consider what the room is going to uh, be used for, and um, you know is wallpaper going to be practical as well? I mean, you can. Put wallpaper on a on a hallway, and if you've got, especially in London, for example, you, you put wallpaper on in a hallway, and uh, some of these houses uh, they they store the bikes in the hallway, the kids' toys, and every, kids run up the stairs. That wallpaper is not going to last very long, so you yeah. you need you need to consider what kind of paper and uh, uh, you you put on area, areas like that. You've got to consider functionality basically as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, should they be considering uh, buying any additional, like to to the square meterage? Is there like a percentage above oh, that that you should yeah, do? Okay. What you do, uh, what this this is the classic mistake. Interior designers make it, ar- uh, architects make it, everybody makes it, apart from the decorator, poor old decorator. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> and what it is is they measure short every time. They measure short, 
And the reason for that is they don't look at it from a professional eye. So if you have um, if you have a room and it's got a door and a window in, then most people will take measure the door and the window and think that that they've got to take that off the uh, calculations of the wallpaper. But actually, you have to calculate any uh, invasion of the walls with um, you. You have to calculate it correctly. So you, if a, for example, if a wall has a window in, then you you don't look at the window. You look at the whole wall and you measure the whole wall. Right. The window is is irrelevant. And and the reason for that is if it's got a pattern or anything else, then you have to match it. And sometimes you have to cut out part of the window, but not all of it. So therefore, it still takes the same amount of wallpaper. So that that's the classic mistake. Always include doors, windows, any intrusions as part of the wall. Ah, you learned something new. I had I yeah. no idea. I no, not, not 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 many people do. So <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> I, I I've seen <laughs> I'm so, I, I once did a uh, once did a job uh, in in East London and the lady had uh, she had a huge fridge and uh, you could see down the sides about an inch either side but this fridge was absolutely massive Great. so she she calculated the wallpaper bought the wallpaper and we turned up and it was it was a roll a roll and a half short uh, type of thing. And I said to her, I said, did you measure this? She said, yeah. She said, oh, you've papered behind the fridge. And and I said, well, of course, it's all part of the wall. <laughs> she thought the fridge would hide it and that we would put two tiny strips on either side where it showed. But it, does, it, it doesn't work like that, you know. That's strange. <laughs> yeah, funny. funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, right. Where were we? Um, so is patterned wallpaper more difficult to use than plain wallpaper? And, and why would it be? Okay, yeah. Um, pattern wallpaper is always, always, always more difficult um, uh, because when even this applies even to new houses sometimes, but every wall, uh, I would say 99.9% of all walls and ceilings and so on are never, ever straight. They're never ever straight so if you paper a wall and you have an adjoining wall and you have a pattern then if you have a bump in the wall and it's a quite a, a big one you might not be able to see it with the eye but it's a gradual bump then that what happens is that throws the pattern out slightly because it takes up more surface area mm -hmm. okay. so every uh, every corner is um is well every corner i've ever come across i've only it's only ever happened once where i've gone into a place and uh, the corners are actually straight so if a corner's not straight then it stands to reason that the uh, wallpaper is going to have to um uh, if it's got a match on it then that 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 match is going to be out slightly mm -hmm. and it's, it, it it's something that you cannot control it's it's uh, you know it's 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 and and with tricks of the trade you can uh, uh, the way we do it is uh, if if a wall's massively out then you always match at eye level it may be out at the top and out okay. at the bottom, but right. always eye level yeah okay okay yeah. Okay, um, mm. and um, if someone want like if if they were 
renovating their home. They've got newly plastered walls, um, and then they are want, wanting to go through the process of either painting or decorating mm-hmm. wallpaper and whatever. How do you? How should you treat newly plastered walls in in your industry? Well, for um, for new newly plastered, say you're going to paint them. Um, you, you should really uh, check for. Uh, they should really be sanded down. But for newly plastered walls, what you use is is a bit of hessian sacking, okay. as opposed to sandpaper, which which can which can mark the surface. So what you would do is just get an old piece of hessian sacking and just go over the wall to de-nib it, make sure there's nothing on there. Hmm. And then for painting, you would use a. Uh, 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 you would use an emulsion and you would thin that down uh, a minimum of, of, of one-fifth, maybe a bit more. And and the reason that you do that is so that it sinks into the new plaster. Okay. okay. Absolutely imperative. If you just put straight emulsion over um, over new plaster, it'll, it just sits on the surface and... Uh, you know, it will come off again very, very easily. Um, with um, with new plaster, you shouldn't really paper over new plaster, but but everybody does. Um, but so the important thing there is to um, is to seal that plaster. And there are, you know, you put a size solution on the bare plaster. But I always recommend. Uh, lining over new plaster cross lining with a heavy duty lining paper okay because what that does is not only does it seal the surface but it it creates an even absorbency uh, all the way across the wall for the uh, final wallpapers uh, interesting uh, okay yeah. yeah and um what's a heavy duty lining paper what would you say oh uh, for new plaster something like a thousand grade okay yeah. Yeah, but that plaster before you do the wallpapering, it, it, that plaster must be dried out. Mm. Has to be dried out, and if it's an external wall, that can take up to six months. You know, it's it's. Uh, but internal wall should be should be okay after a few weeks. Okay, is it? And a few weeks is fine. There, is, like you'd be able to identify if there's any issues with the plaster. I mean, you're not a plastering. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, usually. Usually. Yeah, there's, there's usually, usually not. But it's just with external walls. If there's um, been a bit of damp in the walls, you know, yeah. some of these old buildings, yeah. are, uh, they can hold water like no one's business, hold moisture, should I say. Yeah. Um, so if there's a problem there, it's not recommended that you, you actually paper at all over those. It's uh, If there's any sign of damp, it's got to be cured from yeah. the outside. It's got to be sealed on the inside. Okay. Mm. You, you, men- you mentioned about um, Hessian sacking. What's, yeah. what's that process? Why, why, why Hessian sacking? Um, well, I, I, it's, it, it's something I learned uh, as an apprentice. When you, if you, I mean, you can use a, a, a sort of a fine sandpaper over mm. uh, over new plaster, but uh, but what it, that does, it, it does, it scratches the surface. Yeah. Whereas Hessian sacking just lightly abrades it and just takes any any knots off ah. um yeah it, it's just a, a safer way of uh, of providing a key for future coatings is it something that's been like used for many years like from oh yeah yeah but not many people know about it you know ah. people reach for the uh, a lump of sandpaper and uh, um it's just on new plaster nothing else okay okay yeah yeah okay 
All right. Um, we're almost towards the end. I've just got one more question. This actually come from someone that's um, in our community on Facebook. Um, okay. And I, I think it was from some job that he has had done in his house before. Um, but he was just saying that, well, should decorators take a consideration when they're doing um, any painting around sockets and light switches and stuff like that? Is it like... Do you mask them up? Should you pull them away and loosen them a bit? Okay, yeah, I, uh, yeah, this is this is a bit of a bugbear for me, but uh, <laughs> it's how you can tell a good decorator as well, actually. But if you go into a room and it's got, it'll it'll have uh, you know more than likely telephone points, um, telephone plates, internet plates, uh, light switch plates, mm. and all these. Yeah, listen, it's absolutely imperative that everyone is loosened off um, so that you've got between, I would, well, I would say about a quarter of an inch between the, the loose plate and the, uh, and the wall surface. Okay. And then, um, and then what you do is you put masking tape all the way around the edge of the, uh, of the switch. You don't stick it on the face of the switch. You let it, uh, so two-inch masking tape, mm. uh, and you let it overlap the front of the... Um, of the switch so the paint can't splash on it and then what you do is you make good if 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 there are any sort of holes that are visible on the edges of the uh, plaster make those good and then um make sure it's nice and neat and paint behind the switch right. and then when you've finished you screw the plate back you've got a lovely finish there's no edges mm-hmm. or uh, uh you know so every professional should do that it's a it's a a matter of course you must slacken every switch off two inch masking tape round the uh, the edges let them uh, overhang and uh, and then uh, take it off when you finish and you get a lovely clean finish when you screw back to the wall and that's the big difference between a professional decorator and someone that can just paint yeah. right so yeah just little things like that make all the all, all the difference you, you know i see people get uh, uh, towards the end of a, say they have a renovation done, they will, uh, they're, they're perhaps running out of money. I don't know how it works, but the one thing that a lot of them do, and it can be in multi-million pound houses, mm. they will scrimp on the decorating, and uh, or in other words, they'll just go for the cheapest quote. Yeah, and um, and it doesn't work because they will sit in their lounge and they will look at all the. Uh, all the defects uh, for the next 12 months before they have it done again. Yeah. Uh, you know, they always scrimp on decorate and, and it, it really is one of the, if not the most important uh, part of, of someone's house. I always think. Indeed. Indeed. Mm. Well, Des, it was really nice to have you on the property renovation podcast and um, thank you for your time. Not at it's all. It's been really interesting. So yeah. Uh, been okay. a pleasure. Just before you go, we wanted to let you know that the Akiva Toolkit has now launched. What's that, you might say? Well, it's 10 documents that you can go and download for a very small fee, and then it will enable you to bring your project in on time and on budget. We've put these together to make sure it's as simple as it can be, and in return, you will feel supercharged, super confident in managing your project, your self-build, your renovation, anything yourself. They've all been put together by people that have been in the industry for many, many years 
and as soon as you download it, you're then in the basket for any updates, any new documents that are issued throughout the time. We will be reviewing it over time and time to get it better and better and better. We would only be able to do that by hearing from yourself. So please leave us any feedback. If you think it's for you or you think this could benefit someone else, that you might know, then please share it. You can go to akivatoolkit.com to find out more information. Thank you very much.